This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it's great to be here today. Unfortunately, Rocky is stuck in court. I feel bad about that. Is that does that translate to having to work? Yes, Rocky actually had to work today. Um, I think he only works to do that so he can be on the show. So I think he feels doubly bad today <laughs> that he had to work and miss out on the show. Uh, but we love having Rocky. How's Rocky's other show going, uh, by the way? Is that, uh, he does well. If, if we could uh, get him in uh, on Thursdays without snow and ice and sleep. It's been tough, he's hasn't like, it? He's sort of like the mailman. They don't show up on, uh, <laughs> yeah, They do not. So much for rain and sleet and snow and ice, is it? Uh, what day of the week is Rocky's show? Is it, is it on Thursdays? At what time? Nine o'clock. So when you're not listening to the uh, the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, listen to Rocky's show, which is called Undisputed. Undisputed, because uh, Rocky is an undisputed uh, kind of guy. Uh, I love Rocky. He is just awesome. You know, David. Every day I get an email from Google. Uh, Google alerts. You know, you can put a word or a phrase in to have Google email you a list of all the things that appear on the web with that word or phrase or name or topic in it. I bet, I, I bet it's immigration. It is. It is. Well, I just said immigration. I, put the, I figured I'm not going to be so narrow. I'll put immigration in there. And you know what's been interesting recently is the top articles have not been about the United States. You know, we tend to be so focused on the U.S., particularly on the show, immigration reform and immigration hour. Uh, immigration is a worldwide issue. Uh, and there's been a lot going on around the world in other countries about immigration. For example, I remember we've talked on the show about the the million dollar green card. You can you can buy a green card in America, uh, it, either a million dollars or sometimes if you're in a high unemployment area, <clears throat> which I think includes everywhere uh, <laughs> these days, uh, it's a half a million dollars. Well, Canada had a a kind of the same kind of program. Now, in the United States, the Immigrant Investor Program requires you, Dave, let's say, David, you're from Australia and you want to get a green card in America and you've got a million dollars laying around. Let's, you know, it's a fantasy world, but let's pretend you have a million dollars laying around. And you decide you're going to come to America to get a green card with your money. Now, you have two options. You can literally create a business from scratch. You literally just, you know, I'm going to invest my million dollars. I'm going to create a business. And within two years, if you hire 10 new employees, create 10 jobs for U.S. workers, uh, then we, you will get to keep your green card that you've create, uh, for the jobs you've created. Or you can literally basically loan your money to what are called regional centers, uh, and they will pool your money and Rocky's money and my money, and they'll build a nursing home or a hotel uh, or a baseball stadium or whatever it happens to be uh, and then create jobs directly and indirectly. So there's two different ways to do it. Canada's program – Ring up Canada because they did something interesting this week with their program, David. They they canceled it. They literally just canceled it. Uh, they're in the middle of in the Canadian model. You literally give your money to the government. Now, <laughs> I can imagine an American boy. I'm thinking about getting a green card in Canada. I think I'll just give a million dollars to the government of Canada. You know, somebody thought this would be a really great idea. Well, finally, the Prime Minister of Canada, who you may not know, is a conservative. You might, you know, in the U.S., he'd be a Republican, you know, if, you, if you're going to put the politics kind of the same. Uh, and uh, they canceled the program and literally returned the money. Now, that's happened in America, of course. We wouldn't be able to turn the money unless we borrowed it from the Chinese. But they were able to return the money to the investors. Think about these investors. Some of them were in the, literally in the middle of the program, uh, a four-year pro, three- or four-year program, middle of the program. And they literally just 
had the had the the rug just sweeped out from underneath them. Uh, so things like that are happening around the world in the UK. In the UK, David, have you ever seen the movie V for Vendetta? Remember that movie, the guy with the Guy Fox mask, with the white mask, with the you've probably seen the mask, the kind of protest movements over in the UK. Uh, but it's based upon Guy Fox Day. Remember November the 5th of November, they're going to blow up Parliament back in 1605 or whatever year it was. Uh, and Guy Fawkes Day is kind of a, an anarchist kind of cry. Um, well, in the movie, V for Vendetta, uh, V is wears a Guy Fawkes mask and he goes up to Parliament because the UK has become a anti-immigrant uh, uh, totalitarian regime through the prime minister. Uh, and... Uh, it's interesting that some of the policies that you hear about in the movie, which is really supposed to be fiction, are actually happening in the UK today. And it's become very, very hard to immigrate to the UK. In fact, if you are a naturalized citizen of the UK and you leave the country for any reason and they think you shouldn't have gotten it, they literally cancel your passport and don't let you come back home. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's uh, – now the question is who, who are they doing that to? Typically guys from Pakistan, you know, guys I suspect of terrorism charges. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in America who would say, well, I'd like to do that. You know, unfortunately, we have this thing called the Constitution, which makes it a little bit harder. But uh, uh, Let me ask you, because you mentioned it sort of very rapidly in, in going past. Uh, obviously, every country has some type of immigration yeah, they all policy do. of yeah. some sort or the other. And uh, in doing some research for something else that I'm doing, uh, I came across the fact that, you know, we think that we have a problem with terrorists or we think we have a problem with Islam mm -hmm. and the Muslims and so forth. I was surprised to find, and, and of course they handle it a bit differently, but China has a big Muslim and Islamic problem. The Uyghurs. And, pardon? They're called the Uyghurs. Okay. U-I-G-H-E-R. And, uh, of course, China handles it a bit differently when they, <laughs> yes, they, when do. they do something. Yes, but they do. Uh, at the same token, I, you know, they, uh, they were the ones that blew up the train station uh, before the Olympics started. And they were the ones that uh, – In Russia. Right. I, I mean in Russia. Right. But right. And, and, and I'm sorry. I said China. Actually, I do mean China too. China, China, that's China, the Uyghurs in China. In, in Russia, it's the, it's the Chechens and the other yeah. insurgents in, in the stands. But so uh, with that being said – uh, how does China's borders and their guards and their immigration policy work? And if uh, they kick a, a Muslim out, do they? Well, let's just use a more relevant because it's actually very, very important today in the world is China's border with North Korea. Because mm -hmm. most folks aren't dying to get into China. I mean, they're just not. I mean, are they and, may when they get there? Well, with North Koreans, in fact, are dying literally to get into China. And how does China handle that? That's probably a, a better analysis, a better comparison to the U.S.-Mexico border than really the rest of China, because China is so massive in land area, as, as is Russia, it encompasses the areas that bring people that might cause problems in their overall society. They're actually part of China. They're not trying to get into China. They're already there. Whereas North Koreans, because things are so awful in North Korea, China looks like Las Vegas to many of these people. You know, let's go and have a party because it's a wonderful place. Um, and they so have the, food. Well, they do have food, in which they don't have in North Korea. Um, and so there's actually a river that separates uh, 
uh, China and North Korea a little bit. Um, and uh, people lit- – it's, like, it's not unlike the Rio Grande. People try to get across that river. And the Chinese border guards are, you know, let's just say they have stricter orders than, than our border patrol does as far as perhaps use of force uh, might, be, might be inclined. And China has, has had, up until recently, little compunction in, bring, in sending back people to North Korea. But the problem is, unlike when you send people back to Mexico where there might be violence against them because of the cartels or because the narco-terrorists, uh, the state actually then kills you in North Korea. And so actually yesterday, John Kerry came out and actually went after China a little bit and said, look, we need your help with North Korea. The things going on in North Korea is worse than the things that were going on in Nazi Germany. And you are allowing it to happen because you're funding that state. Without you, they would be nothing. Two, you're sending people back who escape, which is killing them. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting comparison, that border with the U.S. border. Uh, a lot of it, David, always, almost all the reasons why you would say our situation is better, it, it all goes back to the Constitution. I mean, the, the founding document, the, 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 the principle on which our entire government is based, uh, and those simple you know, languages in the amendment about, about, about the amendments about due process and who gets due process and how, what due process means, etc. cetera. Uh, so, but it's really interesting to see every day on this Google alert I get all, I mean, literally dozens of different countries having issues on immigration. It's not just us. And, and in fact, many ways, our problems pale in comparison to, to a lot of these other countries and, and how they treat or how they deal with, with immigration. Um, that, but us, and of course, Dave, we're, we're still here. Congress still has done nothing. Uh, very little movement this last week on any immigration uh, stuff, although a new poll came out. In Politico, now, do you, I don't know if you ever read Politico, Politico.com. On occasion. Politico is a really interesting website because some people on the right would say it's very liberal. People on the left would say it's very conservative, which I guess makes you more balanced in some ways. Uh, but they have really uniformly not been positive on immigration. It has not been They've not, they've not pointed out the good stuff about why immigration reform might happen, probably because they're cynics. And it is called political, after all, and politics is, unfortunately, a lot about cynicism. But in the poll they, uh, they were part of and put out yesterday, it looks like Americans now generally say that immigration reform, is, that is, a legalization program of some kind, is just as important as border security for the first time that those numbers have come into sync. Border security has always been more important than immigration reform. And now those numbers come together. And I think it's because, one, this show, uh, we always talk about how you can't have border security without having immigration reform. Um, the part that disturbed me about that is they, when they, they say the words immigration reform, all, all that they're talking about is some sort of legalization program. And as you know, that's not the problem. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a problem of the past. It's not a future problem. I mean, the future problem is how we're going to deal with the future flow. That's where immigration reform really has to happen, why we have to fix the immigration system so we can stop undocumented immigration. We can do it, and we're not going to do it through the Border Patrol. That's not how you're going to stop illegal immigration. You make an immigration system that brings people in when we need them so that the laws of economics, the laws of supply and demand work in our favor and not against us as they have for the last 25 years. 
So uh, you know, there's lots of interesting stuff going on out there. I don't know if it's time for a break yet, but uh, we've got a couple minutes here still. It's always hard without Rocky because I rely on Rocky so much now these days to, to really keep the conversation going. But this poll, and I would encourage everybody to take a look at it because uh, out of Gallup, now Gallup is um, uh, pretty nonpartisan, I think. For the most part, I think people look at Gallup, although historically very bad in predicting presidential elections the last couple of times. Uh, they've been terrible on that. Uh, but the poll really, I think, points out today this whole changing mindset of Americans on the issue of immigration. And I think it boils out to something very simple, David. I think people are tired of it. I think they're just, they just want Congress to do something. Uh, have you ever heard of the uh, Netflix series uh, House of Cards? Mm-hmm. This uh, fictional senator and fictional Congress, um, and Kevin Spacey, who plays uh, the, the the lead in that show, he says something very interesting. People like House of Cards because that's how they want Congress to work. <laughs> Except it actually works in House of Cards; it doesn't work in real life. Um, it's uh, we we literally can't get any movement on immigration. We we, we just can't, and uh, it, it boils down to very simple politics. Uh, who Boehner is going to allow to move, what he's going to allow to move forward. And I think a lot of that boils down to, does Boehner want to be speaker in two years? Now, you would think, now, I mean, David, you haven't been speaker of the House yet, have you? <laughs> Either have I. Not, e- not even in my house. Not, not even in your house. <laughs> Me neither. But if you, were, if you had got to that point in your career, do you think you would want to give it up after only a couple of years, four years? I mean, me, I would think if I had worked that hard, and I had received the uh, support of my caucus to become speaker, I would think, from my perspective, I'd want to keep that as long as possible. I mean, I think that's human nature, right? They'd, they'd want to retain power. Uh, so if John, if John Boehner is like most mortals, <laughs> most humans, uh, and people say he probably is, uh, what he's got to look at the calculus here. How am I going to keep power yet at the same time pass something that I consider to be very important for the country because it's dividing my caucus. How do I get over this hump? Well, let's talk about that in the next break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Uh, Dave, we were talking about this poll uh, about um, about immigration, and I, I, I want to drill down on just, just a little bit because I thought it was fascinating um, because 
Americans now putting, uh, uh, actually dealing with illegal immigrants actually ahead of border security. So 44% of Americans think that dealing with illegal immigrants already in the U.S. is at 44%, uh, and only 43%, which I think is statistical dead heat, but nonetheless, believe securing the borders should happen first. So this idea that Republicans keep saying, well, we've got to secure the border first, that's, that's no longer a majority opinion in America. Now, you go back to 2011, yeah. Uh, but interestingly enough, the 43% of those who think illegal immigration is important, that was 43 back in 2011. 2010, it was 36. 2006, it was 34%. That's been steadily going up, whereas the border went from 53% in 2011 to 43% this year in the last three years. Um, part of that is because I think people realize the border is more secure. It is more secure than it has been. Uh, and that's the numbers don't lie. I mean, the numbers show that it's more secure than it has been. What, what, part of it is the money we're throwing at it because we're throwing, I mean, buckets of money at the border. What, uh, what people are you talking about? You know, I, I've these, decided— these, these, these are Americans. So? Americans. Let's, well, let's see. Do this, they know who's president today? <laughs> that's probably why it's still at 43%. You know, normally these polls will tell you survey methods. Okay, here's, a, here's who they are. Uh, based upon telephone interviews conducted February 6th to 9th with a random sample of 1,023 adults aged 18 and older living in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Um, interviews are conducted with respondents on landline telephones, which are old people, and cellular phones, which are young people. So they did both. I mean, so it's just, I think it's just a random sample. And you know, David, I was a statistics major. For one semester. <laughs> <laughs> That's about I took statistics. Semester, yeah. semester, I was a stat man. I took stats. And I said, I love this. Then I took the next class and said, I hate this. The bell um, curve. But these are solid numbers. I mean, statistics don't lie. I mean, you can get this it's a lie because it depends on the question you ask. Uh, but the questions they've asked are, they were just simple. Um, rate uh, the uh, uh what you would like done first? You know, I mean, it's just it's, a, it's just a standard question. It wasn't because you can ask questions that are designed to get you to an answer. Certainly, uh, and the, and these weren't weren't that. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a poll that I put up that I got, I get these random emails, David, um, uh, from let's call them uh, very conservative groups, uh, and um, I uh, I put one up on my Facebook page because uh, I thought uh, it was a poll about immigration. Uh, what you know, we, you know, we want what we want you to do is to fill this poll out and then pay us to send it to the senators. Your 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 survey responses. And, and how thought, quick did you do that one? Well, you know, I got always. You don't you don't find out you have to pay until the very end. By the way, <laughs> uh, but I thought, um, I thought it's, it's from a group called SecureFreedom.org. I don't know if you've heard of this group or not. Uh, America Pack, the American Political Yes Committee. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. Uh, so send emergency immigration surveys to all 100 senators. This is an example of asking questions to get the answer. Okay. Obama's immigration plan would deliver a crushing blow to America's middle class. All right. So you, that's, that's the introduction. Fix our economy and supply America's with jobs before we flood the country with millions of jobless immigrants. These would be the immigrants that already have jobs, by the way. But and nonetheless, facts don't get in the way of the truth here. Obama's plan would unleash millions of illegals, which 
that, of course, would be legal, uh, into the employment pool, which they already are. Uh, these illegals will be applying for the same jobs Americans currently only have a 33% chance of obtaining. I, I don't know where that comes from, but uh, we must flood the offices of our U.S. Senate with our survey results. I don't know why the Senate, because they've already voted. So uh, anyway, so here's the questions, Dave. You have the answers. These, by the way, are yes and no. There's no room for comment here. Uh, is fixing our economy more important than comprehensive immigration reform? Yes or no? Well, obviously, yes, of course, because fixing the economy is an important thing. But the real question should be, will passing immigration reform help us fix the economy? And the answer to that would be yes. It would help fix the economy. Next question. Would you support – this is actually, this is actually a good question. Would you support comprehensive immigration reform? Yes or no? Sure. Sure. That would be easy. Should Congress tackle immigration, tackle immigration reform incrementally, addressing one issue at a time? I think it's hard to do it that way because you're going to pick the easy issues, right? When, oh, let's, everybody agrees on the dreamers, okay? Everybody agrees on this. Everybody agrees on that. Uh, the illegal people, I'm not really quite sure we're going to agree on that, so we'll do that to last. But the problem is when you, when you leave the hard stuff to last – that's when you have the least stomach. It's like every, every, like every chore in life. Your wife comes home and, honey, here's your honey-do list. <laughs> and there's easy stuff, and at the bottom is like, oh, man, I don't really want to do that. Repaint the house. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. So you, you, don't, you don't do it till the ass. And at the end of the day, you go, I'm not going to do that. You know, Charles, I, you know, you and I discuss and or cuss or one or the other <laughs> or both. But it's just like your Gallup poll. And you say, well, it's a fair, you know, random analysis and all this. You know, I, I come back and I can't, I, I've said this a thousand times. However many times you've done a show, I've probably yeah. said the same thing. How many of these people would you would you rate as peers? What percentage of these people that take these polls and take these and and, and are asked the questions? No, what I what no what I you and I know. Not me. You, well, I, both of I us. render you, to you that you're the ex- You're very expert. informed on this issue. After listening to me for all these yeah. years. But I, I mean, it. I listen to this stuff and I say, I don't give a damn. It doesn't make any difference because chances are whoever the hell they ask really has no clue about immigration. Well, here's a good question. Would it be harder for Americans to find jobs with millions of additional immigrants per year looking for work? <laughs> I mean, it just you can only, you know, somebody who's not informed would say, of course it's harder for Americans that there's more people because apparently there's only – this goes back to the whole zero-sum game. There's only, you know, one job. You know, whether you have a million people or one, there's only one job. So you took that job away. It's not there anymore. No more jobs. Now, here's one I think you'll, you'll – I know what your answer to this is. Do you trust Obama <laughs> to uphold the immigration laws that are passed by Congress? No sane person says yes to that. No, no to that. <laughs> because uh, – yes to that because he has a demonstrated history – of not following the laws that he himself has had passed. Now, David, the one thing I want to go to healthcare for a second, because you know, I know you're, you're actually more versed in healthcare than I am. I, I have meant, I've tried to make it a purpose. And I always forget when I leave here. Is there something in the Affordable Care Act that allows him to delay the implementation of the law? You say no. I don't know. Not and the, if there's not, not the, why doesn't somebody in Congress sue him over that? Well, for one, because the parts he's delaying are the terrible parts. Okay, so nobody wants to be the guy that makes terrible parts happen earlier than, than later than later. But he's he's breaking the law. Well, I agree. I mean, if the law doesn't allow him to do it, 
So, Dave, I'm going to make it a point today to try to go to the Affordable Care Act to see if there's something in there. Because I haven't read anything, any newspaper article that said, you know, besides Obama's delayed the implementation of the law. I don't, I don't think you can do that. I mean, certainly if the Georgia Legislative Assembly passed the law and the governor said, I'm not going to enforce that law, they, they would probably impeach him. Now, I'm not a big fan of impeachment for something like that. Impeachment is high crimes and misdemeanors, and not enforcing a law in health care is not necessarily high crime well, and misdemeanor. I, I but think they're finally questioning why he's doing it. Well, and, finally, and, yeah, everybody and, is. And they're, they, you know, initially they said, well, you know, he has the right, somebody said, or his, his um, attorney general said, well, he has the right to improve and then supposedly gave proof of that. that well, but I haven't seen but, it. Have you seen that? I haven't seen I've heard that. Yeah. I, but I haven't read it. And I'm, I am a lawyer. I should be able to figure that out, right? I but, mean, I mean, this is from Holder, okay? Yeah. But now what they're bringing up is what's behind the reason. Is it to improve on something or is it actually for political gain? Well, And now they're saying it's for political gain, which is illegal. Well, certainly, totally illegal. certainly the part when he delayed before the election. Well, I mean, and but now he's delaying... Uh, you know, before the election. Before the next yeah, election. Yeah, yeah before yeah. the next election. And, uh, uh, well, go back to the, I just thought it was very interesting because I think there's a parallel in some ways, but, as, but as again, I think you do. you know, and we ask, well, there's there's the man. The rock star is here. And he's looking good today. I should have my red, white, blue tie, man. <laughs> no, We're taking I, the survey. But well, I think the other, other portion of that, Charles, is, you know, I, uh, some people were questioning me the other day about why isn't there a national outrage? Why hasn't why hasn't the media started uh, blowing on the fire on the embers to cause the fire? They're so focused on and, Chris Christie and the bridge scandal they can't yeah, get anything else. But <laughs> but <laughs> the, the question, or, or I come late. back to everything, and it all points back to the same thing: be it immigration, be it Obamacare, be it whatever you want to say. It's the lack of knowledge of people. I agree. And, and the agree. only thing that's beginning to even prick the skin of people is the fact that, oh, I think I just lost my insurance or, oh, I just got my bill for my insurance. And well, that's I thought my employer would have insurance yeah. for me, but that's been delayed for a year. Yeah. I mean, so, just, the opposite side of that is true. Not just, you know, I've been damaged by it, but I'm not getting the benefit that I thought I would have under this act. And, and why? Anyway, I, I think, think it's fascinating because I think it goes to this. That's why people don't trust it. Now, of course, the GOP is putting that up like, well, we can't pass any law because he won't enforce it. Well, actually, you, I think you can make him enforce the laws. That's what the court – the courts are the arbiter. Well, the okay? courts are the arbiter, but, I mean, Congress can stipulate how they want certain funds. Well, that's to be what I was just asking well. David is if, if – does the Affordable Care Act have a clause in it that lets the, lets the president – like immigration allows the president to have discretion. Let me let me turn around. How case. many bills have been passed and signed by a president, be Democrat or Republican, makes no difference. That he sat there and over a period of time said, "Well, you know, even though it was my bill, I don't think I like this provision. Well, I'm just going to scratch." Or I, I, I actually don't, like don't recall a situation like that before. I I, I don't. I mean, in, in the grand scheme, something large, newsworthy. Um, I can't recall anything like that. But I think as a matter of course, I mean, there's all kinds of portions of bills that are vague enough to to allow the regulatory process. Well, that, that's, that's the problem. To, but these for them to be able to do whatever they but want. But these delays aren't happening in the regulatory process. No, they're just – just, We're not going to do it. Yeah, right? I don't like this, so – Which is weird. 
And and that's why I kept going back. Is there something in the Affordable Care Act that lets him have discretion to do that like there is in the Immigration Nationality right, Act, right, which right. gives him discretion on certain things? And I don't know. And that was the question. Uh, I, Holder, I, he says Holder probably it, thinks so. But, uh, who, you know, maybe there is, maybe there's not. But, I mean, uh, is it, isn't it a good thing? I mean, let's just, <laughs> well, let's just well, I was saying, at that point, you could also relate it to a line item veto. Right, which but, doesn't exist in the federal system. Exactly. No. So, although I think it should exist in the do federal you, system. Do you, uh, are you not a fan of the, the ACA just being indefinitely put off and stuff like that? I, I would think you would be in favor of that. You know, this is uh, to answer your question directly. Lines. Yes, I, I I would be in favor of it. But and this is what gets me with Obama and and you know and his just arbitrarily saying, well, I'm going to you know, or or I decided, well, you can't have your inch. You know, this is this is turning a fleet of aircraft carriers around in your bathtub. You know, and people don't understand this. <laughs> I mean, they. This is this is you don't just well okay Charles I changed my mind you can do it surprise you can't yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'm and look if it you up. think it's affected now yeah. people changes like he's making and 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 I don't think he's making them just for the political I personally think he is trying to turn it into a dictatorship with a one payer system and once you got that. Then he's got you. Well, clearly, that was the initial goal was a single pair. Right. Uh, and and we're, we're almost there, though. I mean, we are almost there. I mean, we're like this close. We're like but this did close you vote there. for it? Absolutely not, because I didn't vote. Because I don't vote. I've withdrawn my consent from all these yahoos. <laughs> okay, would you, would you, but, did you vote for it? Vote for what? A single payer system. David, Medicaid and Medicare are single, single payer, payer systems. Which, which ha- more than work. half the country is on Medicaid and Medicare. Medicare. It's already has a single payer system. It's uh, already here, man. I mean, I hate this, but like the reality is, it's here. We gotta take a break. <laughs> On America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour, Affordable Care Act Hour. We'll talk to you in a bit. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano. O tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 866- 286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. David, it's been great today having you with me on the show. Great to have Rocky, too. We were going over these questions, Rock, and we yeah. had got to David's favorite one, which was, do you trust Obama to uphold immigration laws passed by Congress, which, of course, got us on the whole ACA thing by me. 
I actually brought that up. Next one was <laughs> Hold on. Obama and enforcement of immigration laws. Not only is he enforcing them, he's enforcing the hell out of them. He is. He, I mean, it's just. I mean, on the discretion end and on the he, he is. He, he is, is on is both sides. It. I got to tell you, they are they are rocking and rolling. Um, should securing our border be the first step in immigration reform? Well, it's interesting. There's a poll that came out yesterday that said no. A poll came out yesterday and said oh, uh, abso- 43% secure the border, 44% have a legalization. Uh, next one. Do you agree with the statistic that only 3% of Americans think immigration reform is a priority? Well, this is kind of a misleading statistic. A priority compared to what? Unemployment? The economy? What, what growth was, of what government? Was, where, what's this question number, again? Number seven there. Do you agree with the statistic that only 3% of Americans think immigration reform is a priority? Do you think computers do? No, hell no, I don't agree with that. I think no. way more people realize it's a priority. Yeah, well, I mean, they're pulling – some other poll they probably did. Yeah. Uh, and the last one was, will you help our national campaign to fix America first and address immigration reform one step at a time? For only $29 oh, – this, this is a fundraising. This is, yeah, it's a fundraiser. It's a fundraising <laughs> survey <laughs> for America Pack. America Pack. Oh, you know, I have a different one here. That do I you have a pack yet? A pack, yeah. <laughs> no, I do not. I have a, I have a super pack, folks. <laughs> Um, no, I have. A di- I had a different one here. Apparently, I put America, Ameripack uh, thing into my browser, thinking what you had would come up. You got a, di- you got a different a, one. Uh, this is something about. No, no, no. We have. Uh, this is like eh, somewhat immigration. It's got some guns, Benghazi stuff. Yeah, what's important? Yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, uh, it's basically just. Uh, it's designed to play to a certain group of people who get those emails. I got mine off. Of, mine came from a GOP contacts email list. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I get lots of cool stuff here. Hey, this question: Why are you on the GOP contact list? I'm a GOP. I'm a member of the GOP. I, I like seeing what they're thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking, a registered Republican too. You know, I'm thinking what kind of crazy stuff is coming out of these what guys. What kind of crazy are these, uh, the national uh, national crew putting out? It's just crazy stuff. But uh, you know, this Gallup poll says that immigration reform uh, yeah, or legalization, as they termed it, uh, was more, actually more important than securing the border, which is not really the first time it's ever happened. Where that, in that the last result. 15 year result came out. Uh, I, I got to say this about securing the border. How, how much more secure do we need to make it? Well, that's really I the mean, question. You know, we, we can bring. This joker is, I mean, militarized. Now, a friend of mine on. did say that we could bring in, he, he assured there are some, some old Stasi guards from East Germany that could help us. And surely somebody in North Korea would defect to help us, <laughs> help us. with the border uh, with Canada because we really have to be very careful with Canada. Very you know, careful. they pretend to be nice to you, right. and you never know. And there's a huge you never know. of them here that are They're everywhere. sleepers. They're sleep- sleeper Canadian cells. sleeper cells. Canadian, Canadian sleeper, sleeper cells. cells. They'll pop up, and they'll be nice to you. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we can handle that. Listen, uh, I, just, I want to say something about securing the border, people. The border is more secure now in, in, from the perspective of keeping people out than it's ever been. We know for the last couple of years, yeah. net flows are about zero. Yeah. Okay? There's, there's, <clears throat> there's all kind of economic reasons and stuff for that. But one of the big reasons is that it's almost impossible to get in here now uh, other than through a designated port of entry because of all the drones and, and every all the crap they have done on that border. Now – all you enforcement people, be careful for what you wish for. Any more enforcement and security, it's going to go to the side of the border to keep people in because yeah. there's nothing else you can do on the other side. Just words saying. Of, it works both of, ways. The fence has two sides, I right? Always say, I always say the threat to liberty through something like that will always come from the right. Yeah. It's not coming from the left. 
Yeah. Off so I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, now, John McCain was on the Sunday talk shows this week. And John. Oh, what did John have to well, say? Well, this is, this is Maverick John is back. In case you Maverick, Maverick John is back. John is I, back. I, I did read something. The Maverick is back. The Maverick is back. Maverick is back. That was my Facebook. Maverick is back. What's he saying? He will not give up on immigration reform. He will not give up. This is the broadest coalition uh, that he's ever been involved in on any bill. He says big business, small business, evangelicals, the Catholic Church, dogs and cats raining down from heaven. Everybody. <laughs> so everybody's on board except except for who? Except for who? Uh, Stephen King from Iowa. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Cantaloupe cats themselves. I mean, is there anybody else out there that's tooting that horn? He's he's you know, the man. A couple that have signed on to these letters. And you know, stuff it's funny that you, he used to have a sidekick, Peter King from New York, but then they redistricted Peter King into a, a, an immigrant <laughs> district, and now he's immigration reform's biggest friend. Yeah, he also goes after people. It's great. He went after Ron Paul, um, <laughs> which was great. Or no, after Ted Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz. I, I think he's How's he going after Ron? How do you go after Ron Paul? Ron um, the man. <laughs> You're not a Paulite, are you? Uh, no, I, I don't like support any politician, but I probably would say I agree with more of Ron Paul's. Uh, well, he's running for president. You know that, right? Well, and he knows he'll lose. He's yeah. purely running to get the message out to right. touch more young people. That Rand, I mean, what about Rand? Is Rand, Rand Paul Rand? is a completely different animal from Ron Paul. He's different people, right? It's his son, but it totally different, totally different politics. You say Rand is more. Rand of is a G- more... GOP. He's just a GOP guy. He's, so? he's a little weirder GOP guy. Ron Paul has some very principled stances on. Uh, so you're saying on, Ron Paul has actually read Ian Rand's books? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Perhaps Rand has not read them all. <laughs> Perhaps Rand has not read them all. Perhaps he has not read. Uh, Although you know any of the Ludwig von Mises works. Paul has not. Uh, uh, Ron Paul has not been that great on immigration. Which is contrary to libertarian general libertarian philosophy. I think that. That stance, you're probably talking about him from the 80s. No, even even last couple of years ago when he was still in Congress. He wasn't well, that great. In what way? He was not really a supportive of immigration reform. I guarantee you he's not a fan of E-Verify or oh, no, not absolutely letting not. people yeah. live no, where they want not. to live. Yeah, so absolutely. in terms of and, – and his, 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 uh, his hesitance probably to support immigration reform is a – it, he conflate like we always talk about on the show. Uh, he is conflating uh, two issues that should not be conflated, which mm-hmm. is his. He has a huge problem with the welfare state, mm-hmm. as do I. Um, and he, he or his advisors have, have conflated the two issues and and see uh, an amnesty or some big immigration reform as some big boon of, of welfare. And it very may, well may be, but I don't see it that way um, because they're two totally separate issues. But I, I could I could see where he would he could appear to be uh, harsh on immigration or not as supportive because of that? Well, I'm going to tell you about Big John. Big, Big John, John came out here. and he said, waiting until next year, okay. which is what some GOP people heard Boehner say, okay. would be a mistake since immigration is going to have to be addressed and doing so would not be a viable scenario in 2015 when it could hurt Republicans in the 2016 presidential election. I don't see how it hurts Republicans in the election. I think what he's really saying is it will hurt Nominative, nominative conservative Republicans as opposed to crazy conservative Republicans right. in the primaries right. in 2016. That's the only place it, it can affect It can't affect Republicans in general elections. These, these Republicans in primary elections, if something is done before that to stir the immigration pot, would be susceptible from crazy right challenges, crazy yeah. the Tea Party right. type crazies. And so 
Yeah. So get. So John, call all your peeps up at the RNC. John, I know John Steele's not over there anymore, but call your peeps yeah. up over there and tell them, hey, shut up, be quiet about this issue until after April. April, once your primary secure, your seat's secure, do it. Yeah, Wright's Priebus. I mean, right. The thing is, the GOP leaders get this. Priebus gets it, oh, uh, but they just cannot sell it downstream. I guess. Uh, and now there is a big fight going on for the soul. The soul of the Republican Party. Party. Like it actually had a soul. Um, like they were actually the party of small government. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so thank you, George comical. Bush. Uh, you know, they used to be. But no, you know what? Oh, they didn't. They, they I go back to, to my be. youth. No, Richard Nixon, price controls, be. right? Remember, you, you, don't, you weren't even born yet, but Richard Nixon put price controls in. Hey, war on drugs. What kind of, what kind of GOP? Is, uh, yeah, how is the war of drugs a conservative how much, policy? How much has the size, scope, and authority of the federal state increased since the war on drug. drugs. The last small government Republican in office. Warren G. Harding. No, I was actually going to say Eisenhower. Ah, uh, man. Because really. I like Eisenhower, and, 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 the, and I'll tell you the reason why is because I think he was a – I think he was somewhat of a, and this is going to sound negative, but it's not. I think he was a caretaker president because the, the that freight train we had from World War II just yeah. kept going down those tracks. And I think that he saw where it was going while those eight years in office. Yeah. And, and that's he tried why we have the greatest departure speech of any president, president ever, ever. Yeah. is his, where he, people, he warned. He did. In no he was uncertain crystal clear. term, crystal, crystal clear. clear. Beware of unwarranted influence. Yep. The military-industrial complex and, it will and destroy America. You may think that it's not that you may think that it's the welfare state or whatever. Think military-industrial complex. You know he would have been Natural. reelected if we hadn't had a term. I don't think he would have run though. No, you don't I, think so? I, I think he. I think he knew that the presidency is not that the presidency is not the place to change something like that. That, yeah. you, that, you, that you couldn't do it. Well, I don't think Augusta National is either. I think you would have, <laughs> Eisenhower Tree was taken down this week. Very sad oh, day in Augusta. Oh, no. Very sad day in Augusta, oh, Georgia. Why did they take it down? Uh, it, it's ice storm. I, Augusta got creamed with the ice storm. Did it just shatter it? Uh, it broke it. Yeah, it, bro- oh, I did something. Man. It just it snapped. I mean, it just destroyed it, which still, is really, still going to be a good Yeah, really, really, really just day. Yeah, I can't. I mean, hopefully I'll get tickets again this year. If any of our listeners want to give me tickets to the Masters this year, that would be awesome. I would love to go. Uh, David usually does tickets for me, but I don't think he got any this year. So, no, none. Uh, going over there. But um, there's been a slew of op-eds that have been appearing throughout the country from the Chamber of Commerce, um, which is – Good, great, but un, you know, unfortunately, and I see this over again. You are preaching to the choir. Exactly. There, there, I think we have now. When you talk about immigration reform, you've reached everybody you're going to reach. Exactly. You just have to decide whether you're willing to ignore the 25 percent who hate that, immigrants. You think it's that high? 25 percent? 20, maybe 20. I would say 25 is the high end. Might be 15. Yeah. But I'd say 20. They're just the high really, end. really vocal. Yeah. Are you <laughs> willing to ignore them? Right. And if you're willing to ignore them, then you can move forward. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't think there is a statistically, statistically significant number of people in any congressional district that could mount a successful challenge against you. Because that's why I say do it now. You, yeah. Get a challenger from the right. They're, they're not going to be able to mobilize. You, you will not, not lose an election. You will them. not use an election over this. You will nope. not. Uh, so the point is that. So if you're, if, and I think they know that. So why won't they do it? Well, then you have to look at your own internal guy. Is he is he is he xenophobic? Is he racist? Is he simply oh, not man. care? Um, and that's really part of the problem with uh, we talked about this: the redistricting in America 
has created districts where the Republican doesn't have to care. Or the Democrat doesn't have to care. And see that that's yeah, and that that's the thing though. Oh, we gotta take a break. You gotta take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be right back for our last segment. Soy Charles Cook, del bufete de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, llámenos hoy. Conocemos la ley. Sabemos cómo ayudarle. Si hay algo que se puede hacer, nosotros lo podemos hacer. Llámenos a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet a la www.immigration.net. This is Michael Ganot with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour. Your host, Chuck Cook and Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, Rockets, did you have a good weekend, by the way? Was, uh, I did. I was, I was here. here right? I was here right? Saturday, yeah, and then Sunday with the fam. And uh, Sunday night, I uh, binge watched uh, House of Cards. Did you watch them all? I did. Oh, uh, 12 hours? It's a little over 13. No, 13 Are you a House Cards fan? I've not watched it yet. Oh, my gosh, folks. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's – I've never been on the Hill, whatever, but I can – yeah, I stayed up pretty late. They, they released the whole season at Yeah, one that's time. the way Netflix does it. Just so see, but I couldn't stop watching it. It's, it, it's, it's like uh, watching 24. You watched yeah, 24 that way. Come on. It's so great. It, you know you did. Oh, it's like if 24. you really want to see the sausage being made legislatively and just the degeneracy, we talked about it earlier oh. how, how in fact oh. people wish that was their Congress. So they actually got stuff done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but the stuff they were actually getting done is like actually bad stuff. Yeah, well. but, but I mean, hey, if we had con- the the best thing Congress could do is just do nothing. <laughs> I go mean, home. that'd be the best. Go thing. home. <laughs> just go home. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, I didn't. Man. Actually, you know, I, Sunday for me is actually quite busy. That's, yeah. That's a twelve-hour church. No, uh, you're at, you're at church sun up to sundown. Yeah, I am. Yeah. It was it was that way. But I actually binge read over the last four days uh, the Divergent series. The Divergent series. Now you've all been familiar. watching, uh, um, uh, of course, the movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, um, Hunger, Game. Hunger Games. Games. Yeah, Hunger yeah, Games, yeah. which is a three-book series, right? Uh, the, f- the final book will be two movies, but another movie is coming out this summer called okay. Divergent. Okay. Uh, and Divergent is a three book series, also a teen book, okay. uh, written by, by a woman named Linda Roth. Um, and it is about a society that is divided into factions. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm reading the last book. I've read all four. I mean, each book's like 500 pages. I'm, yeah. I'm in the last book right now. I started on Friday. Okay. I binge read. I don't binge watch. I binge read. I binge watch. Do it. I, I would strongly recommend. Have you read the Hunger Games books? No, I have not. Have you seen the movie? No, I have not. You have daughters. You haven't seen the movie? I have Son a nine and a six-year-old. Okay. Read the books. The books are excellent. Uh, <laughs> All right. And, uh, but the Divergence series, I think you'd really enjoy because it's really uh, – it's actually a pretty deep political commentary on society. I think David would like it. Uh, the, but the first movie is about to be released and – 
you would never put the third book with the first book. There's that much change between Changing, them yeah. and how she rotates the characters in society. Uh, but it's absolutely fascinating. Factions of society, much like we have now. It's certainly a take on society as we have today. I thought Social it was a great. commentary. She says she started writing it in college. Uh, you know, you know, great. Uh, a lot of good books start as a. Well, I think the same way was true with the. Uh, you have the most time to write. The most, yeah, you get all the time in the world to write. You get all the time in the world. You go, you go to class fifteen hours a week. If you don't have a job, what else do you do? Yeah. Now, Rocky, there is something. There is a big deadline coming up here. I want to mention briefly uh, on April first. Now, you don't do a lot of business immigration with us, but uh, uh, yeah. we've got a big deadline coming up yep. on the H-1Bs. Yep. Uh, uh, the H-1B is uh, the visa you love to hate, uh, at least the visa, visa that's most used and most hated by American business, uh, certainly hated by, the, uh, by the, at least some people on, on the right, uh, because they view it as, 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 some people view it as alien smuggling. Um, I mean, really, <laughs> alien smuggling. Um, oh my god! I mean, it's like really, you're, you're, you're because here's their theory. Look, uh, you're bringing in sixty-five thousand Indian software engineers to take jobs from American software engineers. Then you're not employing them, and they're going to work at gas stations. That, that's that's literally the theory. Okay, <laughs> does it happen? Maybe. Uh, but, well, there's no doubt it happens because but in everything there's abuse, but. Uh, it uh, it does not happen on a regular basis. Where I mean, oh gosh, I love how stuff just gets turned into ridiculous commentary. Oh, it, it, no basis in fact. It's whatsoever. just crazy stuff. It's just crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, um, now I don't know if you knew this, but WikiLeaks actually had uh, had one of their leaks was on H one B visas. Did you know that? I did not. You and thought I, it was just about national no, security? And stuff. I'm a huge fan of WikiLeaks. Well, WikiLeaks uh, showed that in 2009. Uh, U.S. consular officials cited H-1B scams as one of the two most common fraud categories in India, not Nigeria, which would which have other f- scams. Um, right. And that's because people, what happens there is private, hey, I can get you an H-1B visa. So the guy goes to college, he gets his degree, pay me $2,500, and I will arrange for a company to hire you to get you an H-1B in America. Right. Then they just disappear. So yeah, I'm sure desperation breeds that. But that has that, that's not a problem with the program. With, that's not a problem with the program. That's a problem with fraud. And it's not a program problem with our country's use of the program. That's right. that's the the uh, the desire to have an H1B has spurned this program overseas. You know what the answer yeah. to that is? Just make it easier to get an H1B on your own. Right. Have more of them. Yeah, that's the answer, yeah. folks. It's it's not having less of the li- limited <laughs> supply less, limited creates supply more demand. Will create less fraud. You know, There'll be less fraud associated with, with something that's more valuable. Well, yeah, well, how does that? <laughs> when did that happen? Like, uh, uh, you ever heard of blood diamonds? You know, why are why are there blood diamonds? Because diamonds are valuable. We have there's lots of diamonds. We don't need blood diamonds. <laughs> we, we don't have, have blood blowny, do we? we well, have that's blood blowny right there. There's so much fraud in this system. Because these and the fraud is because the visa is rare; it's hard to get. So let's see solution: make mm. it rarer. Let's make it less available. Yeah, and no fraud will come from that. Right. <laughs> That's it. I think of some guy in a room thinking that though. Yeah, look, we got we got to cut down on this program. There's too much fraud associated with it. Well, Make it easier to get, easier to investigate with more reporting. Exactly. That's what you do. Yeah, and you, there's obviously there's obviously an economic need for these things. You increase the number of them. I mean, I don't want to say flood the market, but you make the, more of them so they become Well, why is there a limit in the first place? Why is there a limit? Oh, I, I agree. I don't why think there should limit? be a limit either. No, there's no limit on ease. Right, I don't think there's there should be a limit. If, if you are a company, 
You should be able to hire who you want, who to you hire. want, and allow and and the federal government should uh, through a process authorize them to come here and work for you. And then at a point in time, you own that H one B. If that person doesn't want to work for you anymore, then say la vie. Yeah. I'm going to use my H one B for somebody else. Yeah, they should. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's absurd. It is a program d- literally designed that, for the beginning of failure. Then essentially. Every company in America will fire anyone that's not Indian, and they'll just bring 200 million Indians over here to do all the work. There. Is that what it is? That's, I, th- I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. So, I mean, we have to do have some mechanism <laughs> to protect, uh, protect going to the hire 200 workers. million. Well, I think that's called prevailing wage. <laughs> no, but that's but – that's, Your cynicism <laughs> seems like reality sometimes, Rocky. But that's what people think. It is they what they think. They think that if you allow – The entire city of Bangalore it's, is coming it's, to Jersey. It's like, it's like we talk about with the 11 to 12 million undocumented here. We People – there's 200 million people in Mexico alone. They're not all here, and they have the easiest route of anyone to get here because they have a continuous land border with us. There's 11 to 12, not five or six. Not 15 or 20, 11 or 12, because there are economic reasons why they're here. Isn't there an equal, economic it, equilibrium here? It, yes, there's an equilibrium with it that's been outside of the, the, the legal realm because we don't have a legal way for them to get here. Now, 65,000 H-1Bs a year, definitely not an equilibrium because you see all the fraud associated yeah. with it in India. Is it a million? I mean, I think it should be unlimited because I don't see any negative consequence of allowing employers to bring over whoever they want. The bottom line, people, is the American workforce isn't going to go away. There's there's aren't people here to do it. They're not going to bring an Indian per- person or Chinese person over here to be a gar- a local garbage collector or whatever. They're, they're just not doing that because there's a like you said, there's a mechanism that you and have to show. And you have to be professional. And, you know, exactly. Those, those criteria are fine. Exactly. It's the cap that is the problem. Exactly. It makes literally zero no economic sense. sense. It's it's purely based in, in protectionism. economic ignorance oh, it's and protectionism. protectionism. It's all about protectionism. But I don't even understand the protectionism argument because they're here and paying taxes here. Well, where's the, I mean, it's not like they're – it's not like we're protecting Because the alternative is I'll employ them in India. That's the whole outsourcing argument. And once these visas are available, why would somebody send it out when the work can be done here, where the taxes yeah. are being paid, where salaries are being paid? And if I hire you at $50,000 a year as a software engineer, you're going to buy a house. Right. You're going to buy a car. You're going to buy your gas. You're going to buy – you're providing jobs all over. The, your 50000 is going out into the community, uh, yeah. creating jobs with along with 1,000 other people's 50000 Whatever 50, we would pay you in, in a foreign country. In India, like, you make, you know, no make $2,000 yeah, no a year. no collateral benefit to the economy. Yeah, we get nothing. We get nothing More out of people coming that want to contribute. There's no reason to have an artificial cap on it. it it's dumb. So we've got that deadline coming up on April 1, which <laughs> means that's not – and it's not really an April 1 deadline. April 1, if I'm not mistaken this year, Rocky, I believe is a Monday because I think April 1 last year was a uh, – let me just confirm Let's that see. is a Monday this year. It's actually all just a joke, April Fool's. <laughs> Psych, folks. There's no H-1Bs this year. <laughs> so uh, see. April 1st is a – There it is. It is Tuesday. a Tuesday. So it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. So on Monday, March 31st, is when all the FedEx trucks will roll out to, yes. the, three, to the two service centers, California and Vermont, yep. to handle these cases. Yep. But you can't just file an H-1B. It takes about 15 days to get it prepared. Because you first have to go through the prevailing wage process. Right. You have to get a labor condition yep. application from the Department of Labor. And if you wait till March 20th, 
the chance of you getting an H-1B done on time is almost zero. Yep. Almost zero. And yet every year people come in. Now, you were saying at the last minute, you were just saying something really important right now, this economic equilibrium with the 11 million. And I think it is, in many ways, you're absolutely right. For the folks that you've seen recently, Rocky, think about this, that have come into our office that are new arrivals in America, who exactly are they? Here's what I might take is. Okay. They are returning people who left because grandma was sick or, right. or they got deported <laughs> right. and their whole family's up here right. or their children who have been separated from their parents. Right. That's who I've seen. I can't tell. I haven't seen anybody in my office fresh, new arrival within the last year or so. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, there's some, just, there's some just outliers. With no, with no contact. Yeah, yeah, there's some outliers. It's some outliers, it's usually, but. It's usually, hey, I was, I was deported or I left or I left, uh, I was here for 10 years and mm-hmm. then, uh, I got deported or had to leave for a job in Mexico or something, but my whole family's here, yeah. so I came back. Yeah. I mean, because at that point, it ceases to be an economic reason why you're coming. It's a family it's a, reason. It's a familial so it's, it, reason. So the equilibrium so, is, in fact, in effect. It, it, exactly. And that's the thing is, is there's so many factors of why they're here. And, and that's what – it without understanding that – you can't understand that how we need to fix the system. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's not the rhetoric in Washington, no, D.C. No, not at all. All right, we're done here on the Immigration Hour. We, we, David, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Rocky, it's been great. We'll be back next week on the most listened to immigration radio show in the world. Best hour of your week, folks. Right. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.